We've had a pretty horrendous chain of events within the past week and a half, and I skipped the podcast last week, so we're going to catch up to speed with everything that's going on. Get ready for a jam-packed episode. Happy Halloween, listeners. Today is Wednesday, October 31st, and yes, it is. Uh, it, what is it? Let me let me ask my friends Halloween what it is. What What is today, Halloween? Yeah, it is Halloween, and no, it's not some corny horror movie that you're living in. It's it's real life. Uh, unfortunately, some of the stuff that we're going to be going over today is of horrific proportions and not the fun kind that you like to watch at Halloween. Uh, that's that goes without saying, though. Um, we'll get we'll get to more on that. The, the news stories, the topics, and and the focus of where I want the show to go. Uh, but last week, I skipped the episode. Uh, I kind of lied on Twitter. I said my voice was hoarse. I mean, it was. It wasn't to the extent that I couldn't have done a podcast episode. Um, yeah, I think sometimes things just become a little too much. It becomes a little overwhelming, and you just have to take... A break. You have to take a mental pause, a mental break for what's going on, and uh, put certain things to the side and literally just do whatever you can to re-energize yourself. Uh, fortunate, fortunately, last week, I was uh, invited by my good buddy, um, Jay Sean, who I've mentioned on the program before. Uh, very, very good friend. Probably like Probably the best friend I ever had, honestly. Uh, speaking speaking honestly on it, um, really that really is a great guy. Him and his wife, uh, his wife Luther, who will remain being named Luther for inside joke purposes. I'll laugh at it when I hear me say it. I mean, nobody else. You you're all sitting there like I don't get it. It doesn't matter. It 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 makes me chuckle. So that's all that really that's all I really care about right now. I put I put a little chuckle in my head, so it already ups the mood a little bit for me. For you, it confuses the shit out of you. I get a kick out of that. I like confusing people. It's fun. Uh, let's see. Luther bought Jay Sean tickets to Metallica for his birthday. His birthday was earlier in October, and Metallica was in Philadelphia on uh, Thursday last week on the 25th. She got him... Primo seats uh, to go see Metallica, and it was his first like it was his first time going to a real hard rock, heavy metal type of concert. Like, mind you, Metallica going to see Metallica because of the the sheer number of of people that would go and the appeal that 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 goes broad in in, in broad horizons of the audience. It's a lot different going to like a big mega Metallica show. And going to see like these heavy metal hard rock bands from Sweden that I go see when they come around and then tour on America and these little uh these little dinky nightclub places like uh like the Fillmore in Philadelphia or the Fillmore in, in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh uh those are different settings. Those are those are a tad more intimate settings, but surprisingly Metallica being as big as they are can pack a stadium like the Wells Fargo Center. That's that's the stadium that the 76ers use um, for the NBA. That's the same stadium for the uh, NHL Philadelphia Flyers. So it's a big it's a big sports complex stadium. But the way it's built, 
it really is kind of an intimate environment. You're you're on top of everything. Everything's kind of smushed around where the ice rink and stage would be. And Metallica does a nice a, a really nice center stage um you know roundabout which is awesome. I've never been to a concert where there was a round stage. Seeing pictures of it, watching videos of it, I always thought, you know, I'm not sure I would like that. And then you go and you experience it, and the experience is just blows you away. So the the tickets that he got, we were really close to the stage. Um, we weren't in the pit, obviously. Uh, the pit sometimes can be overrated. Um, I only really like going to concerts and being in the pit if I'm in that front row right in front of the stage. If I'm not, I'm not so hot on the pit. Like, I really don't care. Uh, everybody's moshing and stuff. Like... Back when I was just turning 20, that might have been cool to run around and, and push each other around and just mosh. Um, now that I'm about to turn 30, I go to these concerts and I'm like, I spent money. I love this band. I want to hear the music. I want to pay attention to them. Maybe get a couple of uh, video clips on my phone, which records in stunning 4K, uh, which I, I did get a, a couple of key videos from this thing on my phone on 4K, and it... It's mind-boggling, the technology today. Not 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 five years ago or six years ago, I'd be going to concerts, and the phone quality of capturing it would be just crap. It would be the shittiest thing you looked at, and you wouldn't want to look at it. So going to concerts, there was, like, no reason in taking a video clip because it, it, it would be loud, distorted. You wouldn't be able to hear anything. You'd barely be able to see anything. But the way that the technology has advanced and processes this stuff now. Like, if you go to a concert, whip out your phone and record a bit of it because you'll be able to hear it, you'll be able to see it, it'll be stunning. I Facebook-lived some of this concert. Um, some some of the cooler parts that I thought, I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna... And it's not like I'm... I'm not one of those people that pay attention to the event through my phone. I've mastered the, you know, start recording and hold your phone up and, and catch everything but pay attention to the concert and not my phone. You'll see a dozen people. In some of the videos I shot, you'll see dozens of people holding their phone up and looking at it through their phone. And I don't understand it. I'm like, Metallica is right there in front of you. Right there. You could reach out and touch them. And you're more concerned about, is your Facebook Live video going to be perfect? I didn't care if my video was perfect or not. I was there. I was enjoying the experience. It was my first time going to Metallica, too. Surprised by myself that it took me this long to go to Metallica. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. My buddy, he got two tickets. His wife bought him the tickets. His wife's not so much a Metallica fan. Um, can't stand the loud, packed environments and stuff like that. Okay, I understand that. So she was going to tough it out. And he was like, look, babe, if you don't want to go tough, tough it out, you know, don't. Don't go somewhere that you're not going to want to be and that you're going to loathe for two and a half hours or whatever. So she said, all right, fine. Invite, you know, invite Fritz then. Go ahead. Or invite whoever you want. You know, I was I was the plus one. I was invited. And I was freaking stoked. Because really. like, he asked me, he was like, hey, um, so I have this extra ticket to Metallica. I got him for my birthday. You want to go with me? And I'm like, that's not even a question. That's not something that you ask somebody. You say, hey, by the way, make sure your Thursday's cleared because we're going to see Metallica. Like, that's that's what you do. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I told him. I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'm not an idiot. Of course I'll go. Uh, he was. Uh, he's not living in Philly anymore, but a week ago he was. His apartment was in Philly. So I drove up to his apartment after training on Thursday, and then we actually took a lift from his apartment to the sports complex, which was amazing because... Going and parking there and then trying to get out at the end of an event is chaotic. It is the we we saw a truck. All right, there's three lanes of traffic on um, South Broad Street. I think it's three lanes. It might be four. We saw a truck that was sitting in a lane. He was just sitting there, not moving. He was trying to navigate in this clusterfuck of a traffic jam. This truck's just sitting there. This big, super-duty, double-wide truck comes up next to him and tries squeezing through. He hits this this truck that is in this lane not moving. The big truck hits this little truck. The guy in the big truck then gets out, punches the guy's hood, and says, What the hell? You hit my truck, man! And I'm just sitting there like, Sir, sir, sir. 
you actually hit his truck. Like, I, I witnessed this. His truck did not move, and your truck did because you're an asshole. And you were trying to force your way ahead of everything else. And it's a double wide, and you're probably a little drunk because I know you were just at this concert. Because everybody here was at this goddamn concert. I didn't actually say that. Me and my buddy just kind of looked. Yeah, we are, you know, law enforcement professionals, so... Yeah, we we, we kind of had in the back of our head, if this goes south, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to put this guy down? Are we going to try to help this other guy? Are we going to have to freaking stop an assault? Like, we, uh, what are we going to do? So we're sitting there deliberating that, but we watch. They pull over. They, they kind of survey the damage and all that. And then the guy in the big Super Duty truck, the, the Mr. Macho Ego Man. You have a Super Duty, super wide truck that you took to Metallica. Why? Why? I'm not I'm not one to judge, but but Why? So anyway, Mr. Ego Man left. The guy in the small truck left. Nobody got hurt. We saved the day merely just by watching and making fun of the big Super Duty truck guy. No, no, but taking a lift, taking a lift there, that was that was truly a, a that was free market championship right there. Uh, that was amazing because it cost probably more or less the same amount from his apartment to get a lift there that the parking would have cost. And we didn't have to worry about it. We didn't have to like get to the car, worry about hassling through, fighting our way through traffic and all that because we had the lift guy do it. <laughs> we had the lift guy do it. And he was he was appreciative to be making money. We were just appreciative that we didn't have to drive in the crap. So uh, Metallica, like I said, th- for being as huge as they are, it, it was surprisingly very intimate environment there in uh, the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And they put on just... An amazing concert. I think somebody who isn't even necessarily a big fan of Metallica could go and just appreciate the the amount of effort that they put into the show. Um, it was it was amazing. People kept asking me too, who opened for Metallica? Who opened for Metallica? Um, they had Jim Brewer, uh, a comedian. He opened for Metallica. I think it was like seven thirty. At 7.30, he popped out, and he started, like, a little stand-up bit and trying to get the the crowd hyped up, and he went into the crowd. He found the youngest Metallica fan who was, like, four or five years old. He found the oldest Metallica fan, which was, like, a 79-year-old woman. We were all sitting there like, how are, how are you here at 79 years old? That is metal. That is metal. But everybody there, like this was one of the most chill like concerts I've been to, where everybody was just cool. Everybody just wanted to see a good show. Everybody wanted to sing Master of Puppets. Everybody wanted to sing One, Nothing Else Matters, Enter Sandman, all the classics. Uh, they, they they played all the classics. They played stuff off their new album, which I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't even give Hardwired to Self Destruct a chance. Um, I I didn't even bother listening to it. They played three songs, I think, off of off of that, and now it's on my iTunes. It's on my phone, and I've been listening to it for the past couple of days, and I really do. That album has grown on me. Uh, I really love Moth to the Flame. Love Now That We're Dead. Uh, amazing songs. And uh, the other thing, it was such an intimate environment, that circle stage. They went around to every side of the audience. Everybody got a, a taste of, of everything that was going on. Uh, the pyrotechnics, the lights... Um, not to mention the fact that every ticket that they sell to a live show, they actually mix and produce a live album of the concert you went to attached to your ticket. So I actually have the entire concert that I was at downloaded onto my phone right now in an MP3 album. And the quality is as if you just went out and bought a live CD from any band at the store. It's amazing. It's amazing that they would do that. And then with the with this ticket too, it was like a VIP fan club, um, you know, because they break these. You can't just buy a ticket to something anymore. It's either you're buying general admission and you're yo nerd. You just bought general admission, and then you're like you know tier one VIP, tier two VIP, tier three VIP. You know, I don't know. It's all these different tiers. Uh, I don't know what tier package this was, but this thing came with a guitar, a Metallica guitar head, you know, a bottle opener. Uh, a Metallica necklace and a Metallica pin, all in this nice Metallica Worldwide Tour box. Plus a poster that's exclusive for the Philadelphia show. They had different exclusive posters for every show. 
Like, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Now, why did I just rant about Metallica for the first 15 minutes of the show? Number one, because I want you to know, if Metallica's ever in your town and you ever thought, hmm, you know, I wonder what it would be like to see Metallica, I'm telling you right now, just just drop the money. Just go. All right? Just go. Go see Metallica. It's worthy of your time. And if you're not a metal fan, you're wrong. Okay? That That's about the long and the short of what I can get into for that. All right? Number two. The number two reason I'm telling you this is because I desperately needed a recharge. I desperately needed to get away from politics, from the insanity of the world. I needed to go somewhere and lose myself. And I did. I lost myself for damn near two and a half, three hours, however long that concert was. It was a it was a nice, decent concert. In fact, the entire I have the entire concert on digital thing. I can go into iTunes right now. It was two hours and twenty six minutes. And it was beautiful the entire time. Beautiful. But I needed that kind of recharge because you got to think about the events that have been going on lately. Um, you know, within the last week and a half, mind you, I don't, I don't exactly recall the, when the Pittsburgh thing happened. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But um, we we've had ricin sent to Donald Trump, some various higher up cabinet members in in Trump's cabinet. Ricin. All right, that's that's. For those of you at home that, you know, aren't keeping score or don't know what ricin is, it's, you know, a poisonous material, okay? And that was mailed to people, okay? And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the news covered it. it. Might not seem like the news covered it because so much happens in the, in, in the news cycles nowadays. But that was a thing that happened. That probably happens a lot. Um, I'm sure stuff is intercepted in the mail Every stinking day. Because that's what... That's what happens if you try to mail anybody of any significance. It gets screened. It doesn't... It it, it almost never goes directly to the person. Without going through at least one or two other checks. If you know what I mean. Ricin was sent out to, to, to several people. And then we had the bo- the pipe bomb scare. The, the the rash of pipe bombs that went to uh, the that was being sent to the Obamas, the Clintons, George Soros. Uh, I think I think Cory Booker or Chris Cuomo was on that list. There was like a, a list of a uh, I think in the list that they got from the guy it was like a hundred or so Democratic. Uh, people of of leadership or hopeful leadership in in the political spectrum of the Democratic Party. And it was a rash of them. And all of them had the return address of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And if you were watching it unfold as it was happening, the the way that people were reacting on Twitter and on social media, God, God, every passing day. I know I use social media. I got to use that to pump out the podcast build up a uh, listenership and, and interact with people and get different, get different takes, you know, diversify my political opinion. That's you know, that's what I do. That's what I do on all these social media platforms. Try to get out of my own echo chamber because, you know, everybody has an echo chamber, but my God, I think social media might may, very well may be the worst, the best and the worst of the human mind, full stop, might be the best and the worst. I mean, the fact that we can instantly communicate these things, we can get on these platforms and express our thoughts, so long as we aren't violating their policies that change at the drop of a dime. It's amazing that we can do that. It's amazing that we can share and retweet and, and, and have all this information and just keep dulling it out and all that. But it's also just terrible because some people just go off the cuff and, and say exactly what is on their mind. And I think I think sometimes saying exactly what's on your mind at the exact time when it's breaking to you probably, you know, isn't the smartest thing. 
All right, when these pipe bombs were going out, the first thing, as the news was breaking out, as, as with all breaking news, you know, it starts with one. You know, oh, pipe bomb intercepted. That was uh, addressed to the Clintons. And then, you know, it was, oh, we have two, we have three, we have four, we, uh, we have a dozen. Uh, they're all, all the returns address on, on these packages are Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And then people want to flock on social media to the news agencies that are reporting facts, okay? Just a fact. The, we found pipe bombs being mailed out. All of them have the return address of Debbie Wasserman Schultz. People flock to Twitter. You know, this is irresponsible reporting because Debbie Wasserman Schultz didn't even send these out. Okay, pause, time out. They, they, they didn't even say that. They just said the return address on them was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, which clearly was done deliberately because no idiot who would send out pipe bombs in the mail would put their freaking return address on them. Really? Really? There was people who took that and said, see, this is a false flag operation. Debbie Wasserman Schultz's address is right on there. No, idiot. Please. Please. And then some people were just joking and trolling. It's hard to tell nowadays. Uh, it's hard to tell between, is somebody trolling? Are they dead serious? Should I be scared of that person? I already am scared of that person. But uh, the, this guy, I'm not even sure if I want to say his name. Because uh, I don't like attaching like fame or infamy to it. Because, you know, I've seen it. I've seen a lot of people who just get their jollies off of, you know, look what I did. I was on the news. That was me. He's also in prison, though, so he's not going to know I said his name. Well, his name is Caesar Sayoc, 58 years old. Is that right? I can't. Uh, I should have been better prepared for this. Screw it. 56 years old. There it is. 56 years old. Uh, I'm reading articles now that, you know, states that uh, this, this was plotted all the way back in July. They have metadata from his stuff that, you know probably was collected illegally by the NSA, but we won't go there. Um, uh, but uh, apparently, I mean, a string of mistakes is what led him to him. He was spinning discs as a DJ in a nightclub when they uh, finally arrested him because DNA was all over the pipe bombs that they made. If you've seen pictures of the pipe bombs, they're really primitive, uh, re- really primitive uh, pipe bombs. They said all of them were active. Um... They said all of them were active. There was a couple of duds. Uh, they were really surprised none of them went off. It's really telling that none of them went off uh, because that makes it look more like a like a stunt or a, a, a strike of trying to rise terror rather than actually cause terror. Um, th- this is just something interesting that, uh, that popped up, though. And talking about the ricin and talking about the pipe bombs, like, do people not realize? Like, I can't... I, 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 don't, I don't see... How this pans out. If I mail something to, uh, you know, President Donald Trump, uh, it's not going to go from my hands directly to the mailbox, directly to Donald Trump's desk. Right? It's not going to do that with anybody in the upper echelon of the government. Because that mail gets screened because of things like ricin and pipe bombs, right? Right. That's what happens. So... This stuff gets intercepted, it gets caught, it gets scanned, it gets marked, it gets flagged as dangerous. And then the FBI rolls in, everything's confiscated, and we find the guy who did it, and and here we are. So what was the motivation? What was the purpose behind it? Was it really to, to send out all these pipe bombs and strike at these Democrats, or was it to put out a point that somebody's crazy enough to do it and try to put a scare in people. But, you know, was he hoping to not get caught? I, these are questions that I don't know the answer to. That's the real that's the real question. And, and the news media takes it upon themselves to pin the entire blame on Donald Trump. You know, President of the United States, Donald Trump. Oh, this all goes back to his rhetoric. And you know what? I mean, let me just play a clip of some of the things that Donald Trump has said before. I was nice. Oh, take your time. The second group, I was pretty nice. The third group, I'll be a little more violent. And the fourth group, I'll say, get the hell out of here. 
Rough up. He should have been, maybe he should have been roughed up because it was absolutely disgusting what he was doing. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. Okay? Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees, I promise. You know what they used to do to guys like that when they were in a place like this? They'd be carried out on a stretcher, folks. Guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. In the good old days, they'd rip him out of that seat so fast. Yeah, get him out. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. Do you believe that you've done anything to create a tone where this kind of violence would be encouraged? I hope not. I truly hope not. We have to be politically correct. Oh, please don't hurt them. They're allowed to get up and interrupt us horribly, and we have to be very, very gentle and very gentle. They can swing, they can hit people, but if we hit them back, it's a terrible, terrible thing, right? You regret saying any of those things, especially the things that you have said about punching protesters, sending them out on stretchers? No, I don't regret it at all. Some of these protesters were violent. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy about that, and I would always express my feelings about that. Now, now granted, uh, the one at the end there where he says, you know, some of the protesters were violent, I mean, yeah, that is, that's factual. If we go back and look at some of the Trump rallies where people were dragged out and all that, so, some people were dissenters that got into people's faces and riled people up. Uh, that That is a fact. Um, but... That's just some. That's just some, by the way. That's not like everything Donald Trump's ever said. He does rallies like every freaking week. And for some reason, for some godforsaken reason, people watch him. I don't know why. They, they literally are not entertaining. There's no information in them. It's just, it's an old senile man spouting at the bit. Like it's a WWE show. I absolutely agree with that. I, the, I forget who says that the best. I think it's John Ziegler who pretty much says Donald Trump goes around these rallies because it's the WWE th- the the WWE thing, the wrestling thing. Like he gets to be on stage, everybody cheers for him, he talks and everybody, you know, you know, it's like pointing at the crowd and they cheer, you know? You point at the crowd, they cheer. You get your jollies, you know, you get your jollies off and you do it again. But among Trump's rhetoric has been, you know, the fake news thing. Fake news, fake news, fake news. Don't believe them. They're the enemy of the American people. And some of that rhetoric is absolutely condemnable. I'll agree with that. Mind you, I have said in the past, and I still to this day say, that the media is not the friend of the American people. Uh, The media is the friend of whatever gets them the almighty dollar. um, Faster. And more of it. That is what... That is what any major news media outlet is doing. Clicks, likes, Nielsen ratings, the whole bit. What brings in the revenue? What keeps people tuned in? And it's really easy to find things to get people to tune in to be outraged over with Donald Trump. It's not that hard. And they they it's they love it. It's like a drug. It's like they're hooked up to a heroin line 24-7. But, you know, yeah, Trump, you know, the other thing is that we get into this blame game of who started it. Well, this all started with Trump in the uh, 2016 primaries, you know, when he was going around talking about all this violent stuff, all his, every one of his rallies, they, uh, they, uh, you know, he was talking about beating people up. He said he could shoot a man and people would still vote for him. I mean, my God. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get it. I didn't like Trump then either. I don't like him now, didn't like him then, won't like him in the future. Might might actually like him in the future when he's not president anymore. I don't know. That's up in the air. We'll leave that one uh, for the birds. But, you know, yeah, Trump has had a rhetoric to him, sure. Absolutely. And I condemn that rhetoric. I condemn any any sort of, I'm going to violently push my point because you're not hearing me. Uh. I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the violence. I don't agree with hurting people. 
to get my point across. Um, because I, I have this little thing called valuing human life. Uh, so I don't like it when you're threatening people with violence uh, and, and, and threatening their lives. Don't like it. Don't like it from Trump. Don't like it from the left. Don't like it. And by the way, that's, you know, the left sometimes for some reason often gets ignored. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be biased here. Uh, I, I would I would venture to say that I am far from a right-wing mouthpiece. Uh, I'm not really a mouthpiece for anybody because I'm so small and independent a podcast. I'm just a guy. This is it. It's FritzCast with the production team of Fritz. That's it. So I'm just speaking out on what I see here. Trump never liked him. Never voted for him. Wasn't going to vote for him. Voted for Gary Johnson. All right. I'm the guy that helped get Hillary Clinton elected, remember? Oh, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the guy that helped get Donald Trump elected. That's right. My vote for Gary Johnson helped get Donald Trump elected, despite the fact that Delaware electoral votes went to Hillary Clinton. Shut up about your stupid. You didn't you didn't play the game. You didn't play the game because you didn't play the game. That's why we're in this fucked up situation. No, we're in this fucked up situation because of all of you. That's why we're in this situation. I tried to be different. You tried to play the game. The game is rigged. Okay? The game is rigged. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We, but, but we want to act like the left doesn't have some violent rhetoric. The guy that shot up the Republican baseball game, the guy that wounded Steve Scalise, wasn't, was a 100% Bernie Sanders supporter. All right. Rand Paul revealed just a couple weeks ago that as he was shooting, he said, this is for health care, which sounds stupid. But you know what? Probably true. You had Hillary Clinton saying that we cannot be civil with a party that wants to destroy everything that you stand for. And we can't talk about being civil until we win back the power. And then we have Eric Holder talking about when we're when they're when they go low, we kick them. All right. What did Eric Holder essentially said? Yeah, remember what Michelle Obama said about when they go low, we go high. Fuck it, we kick them. It's what we do. We get in their face. What does Maxine Waters say every time? Get in their face, shove them, push them. Don't let them go quietly. And then they want to joke it off. Or they want to try to walk it back. And it's dumb. It's stupid. I, I've already talked about this civility thing. I have a whole episode on it like two weeks ago. But here I am again. Because we're sending pipe bombs in the mail. And we're sending ricin. And we're shooting up baseball games. Or in a completely unrelated event to all this, you could be shooting up a Jewish synagogue. Because you just hate Jews. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shooter goes and picks a synagogue and shoots it up, killing somewhere towards like 11 people for no other explanation other than just pure evil, hatred, racist, bigoted, Whatever you want to call it. And of course, that brings back the debate on the gun. Everybody looks at the gun. How terrible. The gun did this. No. The gun didn't do this. Granted, if the guy didn't have a gun, but how are you going to guarantee that the guy doesn't get a gun? And if it wasn't a gun, and he still had that hateful mind, what would you have said if he went in there and stabbed everybody? Or what if he built a freaking pipe bomb and mailed it to him? Rhetoric's or, r rhetoric is a dangerous thing. And it's a dangerous thing that's going on on both sides, and neither side, neither side, neither side has an adult standing up and saying, knock it the fuck off. 
Seriously. This isn't a movie. This isn't a television show. This isn't your favorite book. This is reality, people. All right? Let me tell you, let me tell you something as somebody who is perpetually lost spiritually. And I'm sure I have an episode that's going to be coming up in the works where I talk about a little bit about spirituality uh, and religion and why I've parted ways from religion, not not from believing in God per se. It's going to be a complex topic. I don't want to go rambling on about it, but spiritually, I'm I'm a little lost. I fluctuate up and down. Okay. Right now, I I describe myself as an agnostic. Meaning that I'm one of those people that would tell you, I hope to hell there is a God. I'm crossing my fingers that there is some higher power that at the end of all this shit show that is planet Earth and the human race, there's somebody who can truly say, you know what? These people over here were truly evil. And now they are going to face justice. Now, granted, I just told you I hope to hell for that crossing my fingers that there's a lot more to this thing than what meets the eye because what meets the eye sometimes is shitty all right let's before i step forward again let me just say there was a group of uh muslims in the pittsburgh area that started a gofundme to raise money for the victims of this synagogue massacre and they raised something, they initially raised something like $70,000, and now they're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because they want to step up, and they even said during their ceremonies too, they said, we're raising this money, but we're reaching out to our brothers and sisters who are Jewish, and saying, you know, what do you need? Do you need more money? Do you need clothes? Do you need food? Do you need us to stand outside of your synagogue? just to make you feel protected, just to let you know that we're here and we're not going to let anybody bad come in. Now that, that is, that is unification. That is something beautiful in something so tragic. And that, that is what needs the spotlight. Don't tell me the name of this asshole. That killed those people. Don't tell me his name. Don't show me his picture. I don't want to see it. Show me the picture of that guy. That Muslim guy. Who stands up. And says to the Jewish brethren over there. What do you need us to do? How can we help? Show me that. News media. Show me that. Don't give another one of these sick, twisted bastards another minute of coverage anymore. Just stop. But you can't do it, can you? You just can't help. You just can't give up the money from somebody who's going to tune in 24-7. You just can't stop, can you? Now that being said, with all this violence and this, this, this rhetoric and all this, this bullshit, I just told you I hope to hell for a God that sorts all this out. That being said... I live my life and I've developed my principles on the, uh, on the, uh, I guess, darker aspect that, you know, I don't know what comes after we die. I don't know what lies beyond the grave. And I hope to hell it's something. I hope to hell that it's something deserving, that it's way better than what we've had here. But... Why don't we all, I don't know, live our lives as if this might just be it and we could maybe stop being 
dicks to each other. Maybe we could stop hating each other. And I'm talking to everybody out there. I'm talking to anybody who's ever gotten angry by something that Donald Trump has said or something that Hillary Clinton has said or did. Either side. Strip away these stupid justifications. Because that is that is a big problem. And it, it seems that on a mass scale, people are becoming more accept, more accepting of this or they find it more acceptable. I, this is why I don't like the rhetoric of people who automatically, they see a Make America Great Again hat and they think, Nazi! Oh my God, it's a Nazi! It's okay to punch Nazis in the face! Yeah, we get it. You're trying to you know, make the World War II comparison. You're trying to say that like, Trump is going to have brown shirts or whatever, but... Really, uh, if you ask me, it, it appears that the people dressing up in black as Antifa fighting for the people who beat people up and break Marine Corps recruitment glasses and all that, um, it seems to me that those people are the brown shirts. Just saying it. <sighs> um, because the, all the Nazis that are around, every all the Nazis that you're afraid of that love Donald Trump did have like a another rally a couple months ago that like five people showed up to remember when the news hyped that up and it was a big nothing burger because there's only like there's only 25 really deplorable people nobody no uh, the whole all trump followers are, are nazis all the trump followers all the everybody that voted for trump is a nazi that's 62 63 million people they're all nazis they're all Nazi. They're all going out there and promoting supreme, supreme white supremacy. That's that's white supremacy to the extreme. By the way, extreme white supremacy. I, I have a hard time believing that. Um, it's not to say that there aren't white supremacists, because there are. They're all dicks. I don't really care about the Richard Spencers of the world. <laughs> You know, that that type of thing. But the rhetoric, the, oh, red make America great again hat is a Nazi. And it's okay if somebody beats him up. Despite the fact that you don't know that person at all and they're probably not a white supremacist. I'm just saying. That's the kind of rhetoric we're getting into. Okay? By the way, Antifa, a guy dressed up in all black and covering up his face... I'll be wary of that all the live long day, whether they're white, black, whatever. If you're doing that, clearly you're you're gearing up to do something probably nefarious. I don't get the Antifa stuff because it's, you know, oh, we're going to dress up and overthrow the government to instill a, even more government. Yeah. Yeah, totally <laughs> makes sense. Overthrow your government so that you can get an even larger government that controls all aspects of your lives. Because they'll make it fair for everybody, right? They'll make it... It'll be a golden day when the government can make everybody the same, right? P.S. It's not gonna happen. Just saying it. Wake up. Okay? Okay? Guys, just, 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 just wake up. Okay? Wake up. The government doesn't give you rights. Everybody has natural rights. Everybody has these natural unalienable rights it was written in this great thing called the declaration of independence i know it's old it was written by a bunch of rich white guys back in the 17 somethings right yeah has no significance oh wait none of you have been reading it i don't know it's just like how everybody points to the constitution i can't stand constitutionalists anymore i used to like a while ago i used to think that was the thing oh i'm a constitutionalist as long as you know if it's in the Constitution, we're good. The Constitution hasn't screwed up anything before, except prohibition, uh, the slavery stuff, uh, the voting stuff. Uh, uh, we amend it constantly, uh, but it's never been wrong before, right? Oh, wait. Yeah, because everybody thinks the Constitution gives you rights. No. All right, stop being stupid. Nobody in this government, in this government itself, doesn't give you rights. It's not. It's not what this. That's not what this was about. It's not what this was about. Which brings me briefly, 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 to Donald Trump's asinine 
I'm going to do an executive order to get rid of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Let's just hit this one at the face, okay? The president cannot, 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 cannot make an executive order to repeal a aspect and an amendment of the Constitution. Cannot. Not how this system works. Now, Trump's statement on it, outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Nobody actually understands what the 14th Amendment was originally put in for there. Anyway, everybody that you hear talking about it doesn't and isn't talking about it in the aspect of which the 14th Amendment was made and adopted into the Constitution of the United States. But everybody wants to conveniently ignore the fact that the president cannot issue an executive order that repeals part of the Constitution. Cannot do it. That's a separation of the powers. We don't have a freaking king. Okay? I hereby decree that the 14th Amendment shall be no longer. Moha! Doesn't happen. Does not happen. Okay, from the uh, Twitter desk of Justin Amash, a very smart individual, okay, <laughs> quote, A president cannot amend constitution or laws via executive order. Concept of natural-born citizen in 14th Amendment derives from natural-born subject in Britain. Phrase, quote, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, end quote, excludes mainly foreign diplomats who are not subject to U.S. laws. End tweet. Stop buying the crap. That's the takeaway today. Stop buying the crap. Just don't feed into it, people. Just don't feed into it. We have midterm elections coming up, but here we are. We have midterm elections coming up in, what, a week? Next week? Holy cow, Tuesday is is election day. Tuesday. And by the way... I'm sitting on the verge here wondering if I should even go vote in Delaware. And before anybody lectures me about voting, Delaware has Tom Carper, who's been in since 2001 and is a big nothing burger, who's probably going to get easily reelected on his name alone because he's running against Trump, Trump's Delaware campaign chairman, Rob Arlett, who I'm not very fond of and don't really want to vote for. So there's, there's a vote I don't want to take. Lisa Blunt Rochester is running against Scott Walker. In Delaware, and if you need any help on how nutbag, insane bullshit he is, just Google Delaware Scott Walker, and you'll read a host about how why the GOP disavowed and pretty much removed him from membership. So Lisa Blunt Rochester is running against effectively no one. So there's two votes that don't really freaking matter to me. Neither of which, even voting for the opposite, me voting for Lisa Blunt Rochester. False vote. I'm not voting for her because I think she's good for the position. Tom Carper definitely wish he wasn't in that seat anymore, but the opposition, I don't really feel like voting for that either. McCastaway, well, I could go vote for the Libertarian that's running. I guess I could do that. I guess I could cast my vote for that. So I don't know, but midterms are next week, and I guarantee you something will happen this weekend. Something will. Within the next four or five days will happen. That will be another big chaotic blow-up thing. But the important takeaway in this episode, for real, is that when Metallica is in town, you go see Metallica, and you skip your podcast for a week. You know why? Because every once in a while, you do need to unplug and take yourself away from all the crap. That's what everybody needs to do. Unplug, go outside, breathe some air, and go let James Hetfield tear your ear your earbuds out. Live. It'll be an epic and amazing experience. Trust me on that. Okay? Guys, I love you. Thank you for listening this week. Tune in next week because I will be back. I also have a short list. Uh, I have a short list being formed of uh, potential guests. And I think we are going to 
within, if not by the end of the year, at the start of next year, maybe the start of next year for, you know, season four of the Fritzcast, finally bringing in guests and all that. I have a short list of people. Uh, I got to do some testing to make sure that I can record it right on the computer. But I have good feelings about the podcast going forward because we have seen an uptick. There's been new newcomers to the flock. Welcome, people. Welcome to the Fritzcast. Welcome to your bastion of sanity. Is that is that even what is a bastion? Hey Siri. What is a bastion? A bastion or bulwark is a structure projecting outward from the curtain wall of a fortification, most commonly angular in shape and positioned at the corners. Would you like to hear more? Uh no, thank you. That's good. You're welcome. Wow. Wow, the AI in the freaking iPhone is more polite than most of you dickheads. Anyway, guys, follow me on Twitter at FritzQS. You can interact with me on there. That's my primary platform. But I am on Facebook.com slash the FritzCast. We have not been zucked yet. We have not faced the zuckening. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure I'm going to say something that's going to piss one of those people off. And they're going to say, get this page off. But it's there right now. Fritz, uh, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast. Minds.com slash the FritzCast. Working on making that a little more into the repertoire if you will and uh youtube search for fritzcast i have a youtube channel right now it's chock full of civil war reenactment videos and metallica videos but i occasionally do a little you know ranting on that uh and will look to increase that as well and as always if you need to reach reach me my phone number is 8675309. It's going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. I wouldn't give out my phone number. That's idiotic. It's fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Love you all. Miss you all. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend coming up.